Hello, 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 ladies and gentlemen. Welcome into another edition of the Chumps and Champs Fantasy Football Podcast. I am Danny. I'm here as always with Scott and Matt. How are you, boys? Just Dandy, how you doing, big boy? Matt, how you feeling? <laughs> Not <laughs> terrible, Danny. I might be sounding a little stuffy because I think I'm just getting over the the latter half of a cold here, but I'm feeling I don't all right. feel good. I don't feel so good. A little, <laughs> a little lazily. Yeah, I'm trying out a trooper. drink here. See yep. how that goes. The Manhattan will fix everything, man. Mm-hmm. Um, well, guys, a couple days and I'll be in Florida. So, uh, you ready to hold down the fort while I'm just laying on the beach for a couple of shows, possibly? Yeah, uh, we'll we'll try. I think I think we can get it done. I'm gonna try to hop on. I'm gonna try to hop on, but uh, no promises. It's like a whole hour in the future. Yeah, ten o'clock is just super late. I don't know. A little poolside pod. Oh, it does sound amazing, though. <laughs> I do want that. Well, we've got a good show today. Uh, day two of four for our divisional breakdowns, and today we're going to cover the East teams, the AFC East and the NFC East. Uh, before we get into that, though. I got a kickoff question for you guys. All right. It's another keep trade cut because those are great. You ready? I didn't write it on the sure. show doc because I wanted it to be a surprise. Mexican food, Italian food, Chinese food. Keep trade cut. Oh, jeez. Oh, I don't think I'm ready for this. I think <laughs> this is hard. Scott, you want to go first while he's, while he's pondering? <laughs> Yeah, I'll go. Uh, I think I am. I'm for sure keeping Chinese food. I I don't think oh. I can go without Chinese food, man. The China it's, buffet. Uh, of our yeah. Place. Yep. The China buff still scouring the U.S. for the best one. Uh, so <laughs> listeners, if you know where it is, write in. Let me know. Uh, I think I'm keeping Chinese food. I'm hmm, what would have the most trade value? I think I'll trade Mexican food because I think that has the most trade value. It's all about the and then value. I'm going, yeah, and then I'm gonna cut Italian because most of it's just noodles and sauce, and that's not not my jam for the most part. You're eating the wrong Italian food. <laughs> I, mean, I agree. Um, I think I'm gonna refuse to answer. I love all of these foods. You can't refuse. Okay, okay. Let me see. I don't know what my reasoning is. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. I think oh, I think I'm keeping Mexican food because I've I've just been I've been in the zone lately. I think it's summer. I like the fresh mex, like a lot of lime, cilantro, jalapenos. Slap that on anything, marinate it in that, whatever. Goes great with a margarita or ten. Um I think I'm keeping Mexican as of right now. I'm going to trade Italian because it seems fancier than Chinese. There's more restaurants where you're going to pay more. So therefore I think it's valued higher. Uh, There's some pretty pricey Italian restaurants out there. So I'm trading Italian with that logic and it, it kills my heart to do so, but I'm cutting Chinese and man, do I love Chinese food though. (laughs) I'm keeping Italian food. all the all them pastas and i'm starting to get into more red sauces starting to be okay as long as there's there's no chunks of tomato because that just turns me off so if we can guarantee no chunks of tomato (laughs) tomato's okay as long as it's uh, pureed consistency right (laughs) that's correct as long as i don't know that it's there uh 
so I'm keeping Italian food. I am trading Mexican food because I think it has a lot of trade value as well. Um, and I'm cutting Chinese food. I'm so sorry, Scott. I know that kills you to hear. Yeah, you guys are both so far off here. <laughs> I'll tell you what, not a sponsor of the show, but I don't know what I'd do if Panda and Fenton uh, ever closed down. That's my go-to. Love that place. You guys stay strong over there. <laughs> they made it through the pandemic. They can make it through anything. Would your uh, choices change if I said the same things, but uh, leftovers? So the next oh, absolutely. day, would it change? Oh, yeah. Mexicans are cut easy. You don't want like soggy tortillas, whether they're hard or soft. You don't want that action going on. Mexicans are just not a good leftover. Chinese is, I mean, all around best leftovers. And I think they, they might have the highest trade value because everybody knows Chinese are the best leftovers. But Italian food, you get to, like some was like Olive Garden or I don't know, Pasta House, one of them. They'll just send you home with an extra like loading of pasta. Sometimes you're just like, what do I do? Just eat this tomorrow? Yeah, you fucking eat it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if I answered, but I, I think I still got to keep Chinese here and trade away Italian for whatever it's worth. I'll tell you what, I I do some work on some leftover mexican myself i usually get the um fajita plates and once you box that shit up you just keep the tortillas wrapped in the foil on the side man just reheat all that stuff mix it together you got yourself a nice little burrito do you get like a cast iron pan out and like heat it up in there and throw some water so it sizzles so that it's the same experience <laughs> not that far no <laughs> oh man okay well now that we're on topic, okay. Well, Danny, you didn't answer the leftover question. I think I think I still do. I think you've convinced me, honestly, about the Mexican food throwing it away. Rice, like Chinese food with rice, it, it, the rice gets weird, but I'll still eat it. And I, I still think Italian food is just the same the next day. So I'll go, I'll keep Italian. I'll cut Mexican food and I'll trade Chinese food. Yeah, they don't matter. You guys ready to talk football? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we want to talk about food this whole time. Well, let's just let's just cruise through these divisions so we can talk about food. We should have a spinoff podcast called Chomps to Champs. Oh, <laughs> uh, right, that he's, down. He's an idea guy. Oh man, I want that. We'll record episode one after this for everybody. <laughs> uh, let's talk AFC East, guys. And we'll start with the division champs of 2020, the Buffalo Bills. Uh, the Buffalo Bills finished 13 and three last year. That's an awesome record. And they lost to the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. Josh Allen is the leader of this team. ADP quarterback two. Last year, he finished as the top fantasy scorer of the entire league. Matt, you talked last show about Josh Allen was your quarterback one at least at that time is he still your quarterback one? Oh, absolutely not last year um Sorry, i think you meant a little bit earlier last it's, episode last episode we mentioned yeah i think it was a few episodes back but yeah i think he's still there in my rankings it's hard to justify him above mahomes but i still really like him what i what i like is last year i thought he was so overrated and i talked disparagingly about his like qb7 ranking and I think I talked you guys down on him, too. Um, so beware for who I'm talking down this year. Um, and he came out and showed he had it. Everyone was concerned about his accuracy. Guess what? He figured that out. 
threw for 4,500 yards, 37 TDs, uh, just all around great season. This, this team is hot and they're getting better. They had a good draft, good off season. And Josh Allen has one more year experience. I think he's the real deal. I think he's showing it. Um, everything has gotten better each year, completion percentage yards, TDs, everything keeps increasing. So I'm excited for Josh Allen. I, I would say one, a one B. I don't think I can say one alone on him. Yeah. I still don't think I can put him above Mahomes, but it is a lot closer. Like Matt said, he definitely proved us wrong last year. The running touchdowns didn't come down. Like he said, his accuracy got better. And obviously Diggs benefited from that big time. And the, I mean, he had one little lull kind of mid season in fantasy production, whereas totals in a standard league looks like it was 16, 16, 13. But you tell me a quarterback's only gonna have one game the whole season below 15 points. And then the rest of them are very good to great. I mean, he had several games over 30. Uh, you're going to take that every day. So I definitely think he's earned his number like Matt said, 1B spot, if not two. So you can't go wrong with him. I don't think the running's going to come down much. He's got that in him, and it's going to keep happening. My dog is uh, dreaming very clearly right now. <laughs> dream running? She's dream running and snoring like you would not believe on this couch. I didn't know if you guys could hear it. Oh, what a good pup. <laughs> what a good <laughs> You're such a good pup. Uh yeah, if you were to tell me that the quarterback you draft is going to get 4,500 passing yards and 36 passing touchdowns, that's awesome in itself. And then you add his consistent rushing touchdowns. He's been in the league for three years, eight, nine, eight. Those are his rushing touchdowns. So that's consistent. He's going to hit that again. This entire offense moves through Josh Allen. But where would you take him? I think. I think we said last week when we talked about the AFC West and we talked about Patrick Mahomes, we said, if you wanted to pull the trigger in the third round, then we don't blame you, even if we wouldn't. That's got to be the same with Allen, right? If they're 1A1B. Yeah, it's same spot, kind of where if I'm drafting late, hopefully he sneaks kind of the later, latter half of the fourth round for me. Because I I want to have like I said a good running back or two and a wide receiver established before I pull pull the trigger on a QB. So I said that this offense runs through Josh Allen. Let's talk about the running backs because there will be starting running backs uh, that score points in Buffalo. We got Zach Moss ADP thirty eight, Devin Singletary ADP thirty nine. They're pretty much evenly split last year. Maybe Singletary was a little bit more involved in the passing game, um, which is good because Josh Allen is going to be leading everything. But Allen's going to snipe all the rushing touchdowns, not all of them, but the majority of the rushing touchdowns are going to go to Josh Allen, I think. So what is the upside with either one of these guys, Moss or Singletary? I don't know. I think, I think their draft, draft depth is their attractiveness and what you're hoping for is one of them to just take the reins or an injury to the other one really i do think singletary had a better year last year i think his rushing stats were better his receiving stats were definitely better he's getting targeted more he's getting utilized more but zach moss is now has a whole year under his belt so maybe it's going to even out a lot this year i don't i don't know which way to go on it i think you're throwing a dart between the two um, they they were both third round picks a year apart from each other, right? 
Yeah. I think Singletary was in the third and 19 and Moss was in the third and 2020. So the team has similar draft stock in each of them. They're performing similarly. I don't know where to go with this one. Their yards per rush were 4.4 and 4.3 last year. Well, which one was 4.4? Singletary. I'll I'll take that one. Yeah. (laughs) God, do you have anything to add about these two guys? Do you care? You grab either one. Uh, it's one of those that you're looking at maybe a QB like five just because you're at the end of the draft and no one's taking them. But wider side, I'm back five. You mean, yeah, oh, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, RB5 because <laughs> you're, you're not gonna draft these guys to be an every week starter, they're just a pattier bench type situation. And like Matt said, hopefully, the one you pick ends up being the guy. Stefan Diggs is the lead wide receiver in Buffalo. Boy, howdy, did he have a year. Do you remember this time last year? We're like, oh, Diggs is changing teams. Uh, he's got Josh Allen, who's inaccurate. Yeah, I was also <laughs> down on Diggs, and I was wrong again. <laughs> uh, ADP right now is wide receiver three. Last year, he finished as wide receiver three, and he led the league in receptions, yards, and targets. 166 targets. Goodness. In a pass-heavy scheme, where does Diggs fit today uh, with you guys? Is he behind Hill and Adams? Is he ahead of them for you? I think, Matt, you had Diggs as your number one at a certain point. Yeah, I think he's still there for me. Um, I just, I still don't like the uncertainty with Adams, and I've never been a Hill guy. So that that alone doesn't just, oh, now Diggs is number one because I don't like those guys. But what you just mentioned proves that he's earned it. 1500 yards receiving he's, he has, well, how 166 targets has to be in the top, like three or four in the league. Right. It's number one. Yeah. He's getting the, the targets he's producing with them. He's getting in the end zone. There's nothing not to like here. And they're keep going to keep funneling this passing game through him. I don't see a reason why that would change. They, they have Gabriel Davis and Cole Beasley and, don't get me started on Cole Beasley. But, uh, <laughs> Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, Emmanuel Sanders is there now. Oh, yeah. What is he, 80? Come on. <laughs> he, he's won the tour as Achilles a few years back, didn't he? Yeah, and that's when he was only like 70. But Stephon <laughs> Diggs is going to be the premier option in this passing game. And I really like him this year. I don't mind taking him as the first wide receiver off the board if it comes down to it. Scott. Diggs. Yeah, he's... He's definitely justified being in the top three receivers on the board in terms of fantasy rankings. Um, I do still like Adams and, um, oh my God, Hill. Hill, Hill thank you. <laughs> I couldn't get Kelsey out of my head and uh, Tyreek a little more. But I will say, I will be a little surprised if he finishes in the top spot this year. I'm, I think he'll be like, number four, number five wide receiver at the end. That's kind of my preseason guess. Reason? Just a hunch. Okay, that's that's all we need is just a hunch. Um, I, any think interesting- a, I was just going to say, I think that's a, a good call this year because we've been talking about how deep all the wide receivers are this year. There's a lot of up-and-comers like the DK Metcalfs and AJ Browns, and it's, it's kind of a whoever wants to do it this year. I think that the top finishers could be a very random allotment in the end. Or we could see Diggs ascend into the 18-touchdown Devontae Adams land <laughs> and then just be the new Buffalo Jesus. Um, 
no interest in Cole Beasley, Emmanuel Sanders, or Dawson Knox, the starting tight end there. I mean, it's so weird that Josh Allen powers this crazy awesome offense, and the only people I really want on my team are Allen and Diggs. That's it. I mean, Beasley and PPR can have some sort of value, but I'm not, I'm not drafting them. I'm streaming Yeah. Them. I think Beasley's a stay away unless it's PPR and in that situation you're you're going pretty you're getting him at a value late, right? He had some pretty decent games and even in standard, it looks like he had about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games above ten points in the standard league. That's not bad. Yeah, that's not I mean, there is value there outside of digs, and I guess it could be Beasley. You could do worse than Beasley. Well, Emmanuel yeah, Sanders it is, will it, snipe some. Yeah, it was pretty up and down though, so you're you're kind of guessing what what game's going to be the right game. So I think that's probably why you're kind of staying away a little bit, playing him on a bye week or something when your other guys are out. Miami Dolphins finished second in the AFC East. They were ten and six, and they missed the playoffs. Uh, they were the odd team out. If you guys remember that, there's like. Four team, five teams fighting for four spots in the last week or something like that, and Miami was the one that didn't get in. Um, they are led by Tua Tungovailoa, and that is how you pronounce that last name. I did, I did not look it up right beforehand and talk to these boys for five minutes about the correct pronunciation. Um, he's going ADP quarterback 22 right now. That feels too low. Seems low. I'd have to pull up uh, the old rankings and see who's above him. Matt is just as about to. Try, I'm trying to stif- face stifle a sneeze over here. So I, I try to dish it to Scott while he's trying to look up stats. But I do like two of this year. Um, he was somebody who just was not on my radar at all. And I thought Miami is a mess and I think he's going late enough to where I love the upside here. That team has piled so many weapons around him and they're saying, Hey, Tua do it this year. You were a, a number or first round draft pick. Mm-hmm. Show us. You got it. Uh, they added some pieces on the O-line. I wish their O-line was a little bit more established. I think they're pretty highly regarded, but they did add J- Jalen Waddle. They picked up Will Fuller. They have Devontae Parker. That's a receiving core that should be feared in the NFL. So if two can figure it out, he's got the pieces in place. Yeah, looking at the rankings, I mean, there's a couple of guys I'd probably throw him ahead of, but not not too many. I think the highest I could go with him right now is like 17. Mm-hmm. So it seems somewhat appropriate. But there are a couple guys I'd probably have him jump. Maybe if you're going a later quarterback and you wanted to double up just in case one for upside or something like that. Yeah, he's definitely somebody that I wouldn't mind being the backup. Kind of the same like Trevor Lawrence. I I can see the upside. They can do it, but they haven't proven it or anything at this point. So you're still going to get your main guy. And then if they do have a bomb year like uh, Justin Herbert did last year, then you're set. Would you take Tua over Trevor Lawrence, the guy you just said right now, Scott, if draft day were today? Uh, I don't I don't think so. I'd take I would take Lawrence. I think the upside and everything just the yeah, the hype on him is it's uh he's he's the he's the Kyle Pitts of the quarterback position, right? So you don't want to miss out on that. (laughs) Now, Matt, let's talk about Miles Gaskin. Uh, ADP 24 right now. 
And you were very big on Gaskin so far this offseason, correct? I am big on him. I think he is going late enough to where he's going to be in a solidified RB1 role there. Um, the only person behind him is Malcolm Brown, and he never really threatened too much in L.A. unless there was an injury. I don't see him taking a meaningful, meaningful amount of carries. And Miles Gaskin, other than that, has had reasonably good stats, um, which I was surprised to discover myself. Um, I'd have to bring him up exactly. No, but. he he was he was really good. He was very efficient when he was in. He had some injury issues, and so he was in and out of the lineup. That was the big thing, in and out, in and out. But he averaged over four receptions a game. He's a great receiving running back, and he's the main guy there. They didn't draft anyone. They only signed Malcolm Brown as an addition to this team, so it seems like it should be Gaskin's job. So when I was looking up the stats to prep for the show, I was like, oh, Matt's on to something, and I don't like agreeing with him. Uh, yeah, he only started seven games. He played in 10, uh, ended up with just shy of 600 yards. And if I extrapolate that out, that sounds like a 1,000-yard season to me, right? Um, not to mention 41 receptions in that many games. And if you extrapolate that out, that's freaking Alvin Kamara territory. Obviously, I love extrapolating that way. <laughs> yeah, obviously <laughs> he had two different quarterbacks last year, a lot of injury time, this and that, can't really uh solidify an opinion there but yeah i i really like him at his adp i think he's gonna be a great rb3 on your team and if you're if you're stretching you're picking qbs or receivers early i think you'll be fine rb2 with him so the receiving core uh in miami like matt touched on when we're talking about two uh there's a lot of quality wide receivers but there's a lot of them. So where where do we put them? Uh, you've got Will Fuller as the ADP wide receiver, 35. Devontae Parker, 42. And the new guy, Jalen Waddle at 45. So all within 10 wide receiver picks are these three guys. Who would you guys prefer at those ADPs? And keep in mind, Will Fuller still is suspended for week one. Everyone remember that. He received a six-game suspension with five games left last year uh so he did the five and then he still got one to do so he's out for week one for sure but who would you guys prefer i'm staying the hell away from this receiving core i don't know how it's going to shake out i don't trust anyone i i don't want any pieces of it you can get players like Devonte parker as late round flyers and maybe take a lottery ticket on them but i'm not taking fuller i think we had a mock about a month ago where i just kind of panicked and grabbed him i was like oh i hate that pick and i think do you know where he's going danny it's early it's like the adp is wide receiver 35 so it's about the seventh or eighth yeah that's way too early for fuller in my opinion he's he seems so boomy and busty his career. I think last year he evened out his production a little bit, but it's a different team now. There's a lot of different pieces there. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't, I don't trust any of this. Yeah. He was the wide receiver eight up until his suspension last year, but granted that was with Deshaun Watson and different everything. That's still really good, but yeah, he's always had injury problems and now a suspension, whatever you, what are you going to do? Um, I would take Will Fuller. I would take Wolf Fuller if I had to pick one of these three because of how he looked last year. Um, and after that, I think I'd go Waddle and then Parker because the Waddle, who knows? Waddle could be the next big thing. I mean, he's explosive. He'll play in the slot, though, this year, which I guess may, I don't think it limits your upside, but kind of. Scott, what do you think? Yeah, I think I would go Fuller, too, if I had to take one. 
and what you're kind of talking about where they're going in the draft, any one of these guys could end up putting up numbers like a wide receiver three every week for your team. But I really wouldn't feel comfortable drafting them like before my wide receiver four and basically being my first bench wide receiver just because I don't have enough confidence in one over the other to take a pick on somebody as an every week player. Uh, Mike Kosicki is the tight end for Miami. ADP is tight end 10. He was way boom bust last year. Six games with two or less receptions. And then he had two or three like outstanding games. Like one time he had like 130 yards. Another one he had two touchdowns. He was lined up in the slot a ton last year. But now Jalen Waddle is going to take over that role most likely. So where does that leave Gesicki? Is he the odd man out of this receiving core? I think there's too many mouths to feed. And I've just, I've never been a Gesicki fan. And I'm just going to hate him without a reason right now. I'm staying away. <laughs> there's, there's too many other tight ends around him that I think have higher upside and better situations to waste a pick on Gesicki. <laughs> Matt doesn't feel good, so fuck everything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I don't super negative this podcast. Aren't I? <laughs> I can't imagine anyone really having to draft him this year. I feel like there's enough guys like Matt said that are a little above him in my rankings. I don't know. Maybe some other people have him high enough. I don't see it. I'm certainly not going to take him unless there's like five guys in your league who take two tight ends and all of a sudden you're just left with him. Oh, those but bozos. Yeah. I don't, I don't see the upside. I think uh, at that point, I'm just letting it fall. Like after Gasecki, there's Johnny, and it's like, oh, but they took Johnny and uh, what's his name? Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry, there. Hunter Henry. But still, I think that's a less crowded receiving core than what's going on in Miami. Oh, I think oh, I'd take uh, my. Yeah. 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 So there's that. There's some players like Tanyan, even Jared Cook down there after him. And Fersker, I'll throw it out there. I still think he's going to be a surprise this year. So if if some of those like Logan Thomases and Goddard's and I mean even Kyle Pitts go off the board and all of a sudden you're staring at Gasecki, don't don't do it. Don't I do think it. the same thing. All those guys you just said are like way down most people's rankings, and I would take all of them over Gasecki. I don't know why. Does this mean Gasecki is going to ascend into like tight end three territory? Because <laughs> all of us are like, oh god, gross. We'll we'll, we'll wait till after the fact to. Say if we're wrong or not. Let's talk New England Patriots. Uh, they were seven and nine last year, missed the playoffs. Hell yes. And they've got a quarterback competition going on, a conundrum, if it, if you will. Cam Newton and Mac Jones, their ADPs are both in the 30s. So if you want them, you can have them at the end, but not really for a fantasy purpose. More so, who do you think is going to start the year? Obviously, Mac Jones is going to end the year. At a, I mean, but where is he going to take over? Or is Cam yep. Newton going to return to 2015 form? But also at that extent, like even if Mac Jones takes over the starting role, do you think Newton's going to come in for some like red zone QB bullshit or something like that? Yeah, I uh, do. Yeah, I mean, he goal. had 12 <laughs> yeah. rushing touchdowns. Cam Newton did last year. 12. And it's not like we're expecting Mac Jones to run in the end zone, but if all of a sudden they want Cam to run it in from the three, that takes away any kind of play action touchdown pass that Mac Jones may have had or, scramble for your life touchdown or something so i can yeah. see it limiting mac jones upside and he's a rookie to boot uh and i don't like cam's passing accuracy or ability so i'm staying away from either he's he was awful last year cam newton was an awful passer he had 
five touchdowns through 14 games passing five. I mean, he had 12 rushing touchdowns. That's where he, he could make his mark there, but he had three in week 17 to make his total eight, but he was awful. Oh my gosh. Zach Jones is a pocket passer. He doesn't run. So I don't know. Go ahead, Scott. Yeah, the only way this would ever come into the realm of possibility, I think, is if you're in a dynasty league and you think Mac Jones is going to be a stud in the future. Other than that, there's no reason to draft either of these guys. Now, this this quarterback competition, I think, really affects Damian Harris, though, and I'll tell you why. Damian Harris, ADP right now, is running back 34. Last year, he was a really good runner, five yards per carry. He shares time with Sony Michelle. I get that, but I don't think Sony Michelle is going to beat the guy. I think it's going to be Damian Harris. The problem is, if Cam Newton is the starting quarterback, how many rushing touchdowns is Damian Harris going to get? He's going to get them all sniped by Cam Newton, just like last mm-hmm. year. So there's that. Damian Harris does not play in the receiving game. They've got a guy specifically for that, James White, still the 80-year-old the out there. So no touchdown upside, no receiving upside with Cam Newton for Damian Harris. But then you put Mac Jones in. I think he got some there because I think Damian Harris actually could rush in a lot more touchdowns. Does that logic fit for you guys or are you guys or am I just stupid? The logic I'm still working with here is this is a New England backfield. You mentioned other than Damian Harris, they have James White, but they also still have Sony. Michelle, Michael, Sonia, yeah, Michelle, M- Michelle, and uh, they just drafted Ramondre Stevenson. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, um, and they still have Brandon Bold in there. They just they just stockpile running backs, and they love to just keep the usage low. And I I don't trust them in fantasy. Yes, one of these running backs will have a big game eventually, and he's not going to be on my roster. Yeah, it's the same as it's been every year. You're just going to play the wrong guy in the wrong week in this backfield, even if he is the number one. Um, I don't know why. I thought I heard something recently that he wanted out of New England, but maybe I'm making Nikhil Harry. Nikhil Harry, the wide receiver for the Patriots, wants out, and that's what. Oh, okay, that's what it was. Ago. Okay, okay. Yeah, um, let's talk about that then. Okay, but just to finish up with Damian Harris, I would be okay with taking Damian Harris in a draft this year, um, but I won't be playing him on my starting roster until Mac Jones is the quarterback. I think that is, and I think that will happen eventually. And I think there, you may have some upside there. So he is a good, are you looking for like running back four for your team? Yeah. That first bench spot. Yeah. I would take him there. Yeah. Yeah. Mac Jones, who Mac Jones, who? (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. What's that? What's happening? <laughs> yeah. Nelson Aguilar, Jacoby Myers, Nikhil Harry. That's the, as of right now, starting wide receivers uh, in New England. Nikhil Harry has wanted out. I don't blame him. They signed Nelson Aguilar for two years, $24 million. I still, I, I don't care. Do any of you guys care about these wide receivers for fantasy purposes right now until we see what their usage is? Yeah. I think Nelson Aguilar is just like, yeah, I'll take the payday. <laughs> sure. Twenty-four million. Um, let's talk about the tight ends there because I think they are the the hottest thing on this team <laughs> from a fantasy What's perspective. Cooking good looking. Uh, Johnu Smith and Hunter Henry. Johnu is right now ADP tight end thirteen. Hunter Henry's tight end twelve. Um, they signed very similar contracts. Johnu four years fifty million. Hunter Henry three years thirty seven million. 
I think that they're the guys. I think that we're tr- they're they're trying to recreate the Gronk Hernandez success that they had with Brady back in whatever the hell year it was. So who commits the murder? Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> wow, Jesus. I don't know. Um I I uh I don't <laughs> John New tweaked his hamstring in June. He is apparently fine even right now, so that's not really a worry. But if you had to pick between one of these two guys, I would be okay with either one of them if I'm drafting late tight end. But who would you prefer if they're both on the board? Oh, man. I think I'd go Janu because of my Titans fanhood, and I think he's a little bit more high ceiling. I think Henry's going to be a higher floor, though, and I I don't know if the stats back that up or not. Yeah, in my head... uh... Hunter Henry's been in the league a lot longer, but they're only 26 to 25 years old. So it's, he got hurt uh, one time. I forget what he did. He tore his ACL a few years back. So he missed like a whole year, I think. Not some crazy, but um, yeah. I don't know. Looking at their depth chart, they have Hunter Henry above Janu, but again, that means nothing at this point. And like you said, I definitely think this is a two tight end scheme uh, coming back to New England. So I. Maybe I'd lean a little toward Hunter Henry, but it's like yeah. 50 and a half percent. Yeah. I think I'd, I'd take Henry, but I really don't have a reason why. I like John as well. Let's talk New York Jets. I mean, do you want to? We will. Okay. For inclusion's sake, and my buddy Darren's a Jets fan, so okay. They, uh, they went two Poor and, guy. <laughs> they went two and 14 <laughs> last year and missed the playoffs. But the future looks bright with Zach Wilson, number two overall pick. Great arm strength, great accuracy, some mobility. But the Jets are terrible, and we're last in the league in touchdowns and points per game offensively. So wait and see with Zach Wilson. Unless you're in a dynasty, then go for it. They also added a first-round draft pick um, at guard with Elijah Vera Tucker. Did you mention that? I did and not. last year they added a first round draft pick. I don't know if he did much, but Mackay Becton. So their oh, left Becton side was huge. I remember that guy. He's like seven feet tall. That's not true, but he's like six something. Yeah. So their left side of the line is at least high draft stock. Um, I like that they added Corey Davis. Like that they added Zach Wilson. I think LaMichael P. Ryan could show something this year. I know they just took Michael Carter, so that scares me there. And Tevin Coleman's there. So I guess we're we're specifically talking about Zach Wilson right now. I'm not going to draft him. I'm going to keep my eye on him. That could be a waiver wire pickup. Let's move on to the running backs right now and just talk with them. Uh, Scott, unless you had something to add about Zach Wilson out of nowhere. I didn't think so. Okay. No. Okay. Um, Yeah. Like you said, Matt, Tevin Coleman is there. I guess he's the de facto starter, but Michael Carter got drafted. He's a small guy, but he's a great receiver. Um, And then Michael Pirine. Michael Carter's ADP is 39, though. It looks like people are drafting him highest just for the upside because there is no upside with Tevin Coleman. And I mean, Michael Pirine's good, but he may be the odd man out if they're looking at Michael Carter. Well, from I think what I heard earlier in the offseason and what I'm seeing on a uh, uh, depth chart right now is Michael Pirine's still the, the man to beat there, the number one. So I agree. If Michael Carter takes over, then, yeah, he might find himself on the bench a lot more. But as of right now, I think it's Pirine's job to lose. Uh, and I think he's coming cheaper in the draft. Looking a at lot. ESPN's 
depth chart. P Ryan is fourth. <laughs> who's the Who's the third? They, they've got Coleman, and then they've got um, the guy who is Ty something. Uh, Ty, Ty Johnson. Johnson, who came in for a couple games, is number two. Then Michael Carter is three, and then P Ryan is four. It's, it's okay. Mess. So the this fact that these depth charts are flip flopped means probably stay away from this bag. This is a mess. <laughs> yeah. This is bad. This is a mess. Let, it I swore suck. I heard news earlier this year that P Ryan was still the man to beat there. But yeah, Michael Carter is definitely on his heels. I mean, it sucks a little bit for Tevin Coleman. I was just kind of running through his stats when he was, you know, kind of a little more involved in Atlanta, but he was never the guy in Atlanta because they had, you know, well, I guess he wasn't there when Gurley was there, but they had Steven Jackson and he was always split in time with Devontae Freeman. Devontae Freeman. Yeah. So he was never the guy, but looking at his stats between rushing and passing, the three years after his rookie year, he almost had or did have a thousand yards combined. And he usually only got 10 carries a game and, you know, a couple receptions. So I don't feel like it's, he's not completely over the hill to where he couldn't still do it. I just think they have too many young guys that they're going to see who takes the reins. Wide receivers for the Jets, like Matt said, Corey Davis, ADP wide receiver 49. Um, he had a really good year with the Titans last year. He almost hit 1,000 yards. He strained his shoulder already, but apparently that's already behind him as well. So don't worry about that, according to Corey Davis. I think he's the guy to own there. I mean, Jameson Crowder and Elijah Moore, they're ADP 55 and 66. So Elijah Moore, the new guy, is going to be a slot receiver. Should be Davis and Crowder on the outside and Elijah Moore, but what about I don't know. Mims? Mimsy. And then the, you got Denzel Mims. Is this another wide receiving core to ignore? Because I just don't know. I don't know anything about what's going to happen here. I'll take Corey it, Davis, but that's it. Yeah, I think it goes Corey Davis. If you if you want to if you want to risk a, a depth spot with Jamison Crowder, sure, but you're going to be disappointed. <laughs> Crowder has never been anything but disappointing on fantasy rosters his whole career, in my opinion. Yeah, I think you're looking at these guys as a uh, wide receiver, like five on your bench <laughs> at this point. I mean, I'll, then you got tight end Chris Herndon. I'm not dealing with that again. Are you guys, no, we skip it. No. I will say fantasy-wise, I now looking at their roster, I'm much more impressed with the Jets than I thought I would be. I think they've they do have a stockpile of some receivers that can produce. They have enough running backs to figure out who can be productive. They built their own line and they got their first round draft pick at quarterback. Uh, they could not suck that bad this year, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm thinking like maybe four or five wins, guys. Come on. I mean, you got a whole extra game to do it, so maybe. Um, Let's take a break. Um, Let's take a break here, and then when we come back, we will talk NFC East. So go grab a beer. Stick around. Hey, everybody. Ty here with Dan and Tone from the Upper Decker Podcast. We hope you're enjoying this episode of Chumps to Champs. These guys absolutely kill it when it comes to fantasy football, and I'd be willing to bet that if you're uh, you're a football fan, there's a good chance you follow baseball as well. 
And if that's the case, we want you to finish up this episode and then head on over to the Upper Decker podcast. We cover all things baseball. So whether you want to hear about the latest on the field action, listen to breakdowns of trades and signings, or learn about some crazy baseball history, we've got a little something for everyone. We are going to drop some knowledge on you and hopefully give you a few laughs in the process. If you want to check us out, we're available on all your streaming platforms. We'd also encourage you to follow us at Upper Decker Pod on Twitter and Facebook. Hope you check us out and enjoy the rest of this episode of Chumps to Champs. Woo! Welcome back, everybody. Chumps to Champs Fantasy Football Podcast. We are doing divisional breakdowns. Before we get into the NFC East, Matt, tell us about this uh, Four Hands Strange Donut inspired stout. Oh, yeah. Just cracked it open. It's a bama. It's a uh, it's in collaboration with Strange Donuts, and it is an imperial oatmeal stout with vanilla cacao and rainbow pony dones. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. Either. Is it helping sounds, your uh, nose? Sounds like a little girl's dreamland. It says <laughs> we took this opportunity to be ridiculous and put donuts in our beer. So uh, crazy. There must be some rainbow pony dones crushed up and put in the beer. It's it's tasty and it's uh it's effective. <laughs> That's most important. Uh, let's talk. Just imagine how eat. flavorful it would be if you could breathe. Yeah. <laughs> Do you taste any of it? <laughs> it just it just tastes like hot. <laughs> <laughs> You're not even drinking it right. Okay. <laughs> I put it in a pan. I boiled it, and now I'm drinking it. What do I want? <laughs> Uh, Washington football team won the division last year at seven and nine, and they lost to Tampa Bay in the wild card round. Um, but they got a new quarterback at the helm, Ryan Fitzpatrick, number one in our hearts, I believe. Um, what's he going to do for this football team? And are you interested in a late round end of the draft? We'll see what happens. Pick. Oh yeah, there's zero chance that he's not on one of my fantasy teams like streaming <laughs> for me at one point. That beard is going to be glorious, and he's got so many weapons there. He's got Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, and Logan Thomas, who we'll all touch on, and running backs to boot. The guy always slings. Why isn't he going to be fantasy relevant this year? He absolutely is. This is a good team. I got high expectations. He could be a steal at the end of the year draft. He could end up being a weekly starter, but I think I'm still going to temper expectations and consider him a streamer to begin the year, but one of those guys you might hold on to. Yeah, I think he's a streamer as well. He's going right at that area that we were talking about Tua being right at that like 17, 18 quarterback fantasy wise. And I don't know which one I would take. I feel like it would have to be Tua for the upside, but it's hard to bet against Ryan Fitzpatrick. It really is. Fitzpatrick has his own upside as well. I mean, when you fire the ball 45 times and not give a shit, where, okay, you do have the interceptions you, when you Brett Favre it. I just if you're it. in a league that doesn't have negative points for interceptions, grab oh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Oh, I'm, I love what he's going to do to this team. Um, let's talk, though, about the running backs there. Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick, specifically Antonio Gibson, though, ADP is running back 12. Last year, he finished as RB 13 as a rookie, 11 rushing touchdowns. Do you guys consider Gibson a running back one for your fantasy team? I do. I love that he's getting uh, 
he has an ADP right now where you could grab him in the second, maybe as an RB two. Most likely, you would. I can't. I can't imagine he's yeah. going to go in the first. He's he's starting to get a lot of hype. A lot of people expect him to really excel this year. I see his ADB climbing, getting closer to draft season. I don't want that to happen. Um, I really like Antonio Gibson. I want him late second and just in some crazy random occurrence early third would be a, a gold strike for me. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't feel comfortable at this point as an RB1, though. There's there's too many guys out there that I like a little more still. Maybe once he has a year under his belt and does it proves a little more this year, then we can have that conversation next season. But yeah, he's he's typically going, I feel like, mid to late second round. And if he does what Matt's hoping, he's definitely going to be a steal as an RB2. I also like Antonio Gibson. I'll take him as my RB1 um, if I need to. J.D. McKissick, I'm not a big fan of, though. I know he had the most targets as in the running back position last year, and the second most receptions only to Alvin Kamara at 80, but Fitzpatrick doesn't throw the ball to the running back nearly as much or check down like Alex Smith did. Um, I'm not interested. Maybe in a PPR league to see what happens, but agree? You guys like him? Blech. I'm not getting anywhere no. close to J.D. McKissick. <laughs> okay, <laughs> moving on then. <laughs> moving on, let's run on the wide receivers. Uh, Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel. Now, here's two guys I do like. Uh, ADP for Terry McLaurin's wide receiver 12. He had over 1,100 yards on 134 targets last year. Curtis Samuel's ADP is wide receiver 41. I like both those ADPs for both of these guys, so I'll take either one of them on my team. What do you guys think uh, about these boys? I completely agree. We've talked about this offense. We've, we know Terry McLaurin is a stud. I think Curtis Samuel was undervalued and underutilized in Carolina. So I like him too. I think they're both at great value at their ADPs. And especially if they slide, hell yeah, I'm going to put them on my roster. What did you say? Curtis Samuel's ADP was 41, 41. Yeah. I definitely see the value there, especially with Fitzpatrick there. I would not mind getting him as a uh, lower wide receiver on your team that could really pay dividends. I do like Terry McLaurin, but as you know, there's there's a couple guys that are ranked right around him or maybe a little behind him that I like more. So he's typically going earlier than I would pick him. I love Terry McLaurin. I would take him as my wide receiver one, just like I would Gibson as my running back one uh, towards the end of there. But I would I would feel fine with that. Now, who would have thought me- you just said that about Washington's offense a year or two ago? <laughs> Quick sidetrack. How do you guys rate the nickname Scary Terry? Do you love like it? it? Do you absolutely hate love it? it. I absolutely love it. Well, I, well, I, I know he, he doesn't like it, though. I think it's uninspired. <laughs> okay. It just it rhymes, <laughs> and it's like, what, what is scary about him, really? Besides his... <laughs> Besides uh, your opponent in fantasy football being scared that you have him on your roster. With your master's degree in fine arts, you're going to sip wine and talk about how it's uninspired. I've had my pinky up this whole time. The <laughs> listeners can't see that. Curtis Samuel or Jerry Judy? Curtis Samuel. Now. I think Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel or Antonio Brown? <sighs> Antonio Brown. Yeah, I Door think Brown. Okay, so we're getting a good vibe of where where that is. Uh, Let's talk Logan Thomas. ADP is tight end nine. Uh, He finishes as tight end three last year, but as Scott brought up last week on our last show, there were major gaps between one and two and then two to three. So he kind of was the leader of a cluster. 
110 targets, though. There should be more scoring opportunities with Ryan Fitzpatrick at the helm. So I am interested in Logan Thomas um, in that tight end 7, 8, 9 range. What about you guys? Yeah, I'm looking right now, and it looks like he is sitting at tight end. Let him change it to half PPR. Yeah, mine was in half PPR when I looked at it last. <laughs> tight end nine. Um, and there's a couple of people going ahead of him, uh, like Fant that I'm not as excited about, and even Pitts, who I know has this crazy high hype and ceiling and everything. But I think I'm taking Logan Thomas before Fant and before Pitts. Uh, Goddard's before him. I think I'll go Goddard before Logan Thomas. Me too. Hawkinson's way up there, and I don't know if I'm. I don't know if I like him more than a lot of these guys I just mentioned. So the current ADP is showing a lot of value here in the like six through ten picks until you hit Gaseki, and we already we already mentioned what we thought about him earlier. Yeah, I definitely like Logan Thomas. He was, I think, last year they were talking about before the season. He's a um, used to be a quarterback and yeah. he's just a big bodied guy that they're like, eh, let's, let's try you at tight end. And last year at, at the beginning, or even at the very end of the season before they were talking about getting him more involved. And I just saw his size and his stature. And I was like, this guy's going to be legit. And hopefully they incorporate him. And through the season it seemed like more and more he was getting involved, which I cannot imagine that's going to drop off at all this year. He's definitely a top 10 tight end. New York Giants finished six and ten. They missed the playoffs last year. Um, let's talk Daniel Jones. Okay, first thing you think of when you think of Daniel Jones, fall in his face. <laughs> okay, <laughs> making sure we're all on the same page here. <laughs> that was the best day of my best day of this podcast. I feel career. a little bit robbed that that <laughs> highlight hasn't lived or hasn't been more played than the butt fumble. The butt fumble was funny because it was a butt, but this is just. The, the you can see such a change in emotions in an instant between oh, I'm gonna score a touchdown to oh my oh no he's like oh my god I'm gonna score I'm getting tired I'm dragging my feet <laughs> uh, so Daniel Jones ADP is uh, 23 also going around the Fitzpatrick area but it's not even a question I'll go Fitzpatrick over Daniel Jones but anyway. 12 total touchdowns last year. 12. 10 Gross. interceptions, 11 fumbles. Now, you may say 11 fumbles, that's bad. That's actually a big improvement on the 18 that he had in 2019. <laughs> 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 oh, boy. 14 games last year, and he still threw for under 3,000 passing yards. But improved weapons. He's got Kenny Galladay. Uh, now in the mix, and he'll get Saquon Barkley back alongside of Slayton, Shepard, and Ingram. I also, Rudolph. To see. Oh, and Rudolph, you're right. I think Evan Ingram is still the receiving tight end to to boot there, but yeah, yeah I think I think Danny Dimes does have some additional weapons in there, and I, I I'm not going to regard him as anything besides a sleeper. I'm not going to draft him late for upside. Um, even as the second quarterback, but I am going to keep my eye. I want to see how this offense works. And given, I think there are certainly weeks that Danny Dimes is going to be a streaming selection, and I want to be on the forefront of that. Yeah, I just hope he does a little better for the sake of those wide receivers because I still like Kenny Galladay. He's got all the talent in the world, but if Daniel Jones does what he's done the last couple of years, that's really going to suck for this receiving core. 
but you still got to take Galladay early. And yeah, Daniel Jones, I'm not, I think I streamed him one, one week last week and he shit the bed. So there's got to be literally no other option for me to draft or to stream him this year. I think he's dead to you. Um, Saquon Barkley ADP is running back five. And I feel, I know Matt is down on him compared to running back five. Scott, I think you might be as well. I think I am too. Running back five, I'm down. I'm not as down on Barkley as Matt is, but I'm also down on him. <laughs> yeah, I think he's six for me. I think Zeke is the one ahead of him that most rankings don't have. They have Zeke at six, him at five. So talk about it, Matt. What are, you, what are your emotions on Barkley? Yeah, I did, uh, I did my deeper dive last season um, before to get my poor opinion on him, it was a lot of his stats shook out all right. Like he ended up with a thousand yards rushing in 13 games, which obviously extrapolates to more. He had 50 receptions, which these are two things that we look for in every week. Starter running backs, a thousand yard rushers who get 50 plus receptions a year. So that all sounded good. Um, his TDs were a little bit low in both areas and then it was looking into a number of different advanced stats which i know oh you're gonna get advanced daddy on me but they just they didn't look good the team didn't look good around him i wasn't hot on him last year and then he got hurt early didn't play anymore and i haven't looked much more into it now but i still that same opinion that i formulated before the 2020 season that kept me away from him and i'm not gonna go back to him now just because he's gonna be healthy Mm-hmm. So I'm staying away. I mean, he had a pretty catastrophic injury. I mean, he tore his ACL, partially tore his meniscus, and strained his MCL. And that strained MCL delayed the repair of his torn ACL. So he had to wait for his MCL to heal before he got his ACL repaired. So then he would have his MCL to help him repair, like re- rehab his ACL, if that makes sense. So he, we're, uh, it's scary. He should be okay by week one, but. We're talking about this in mid-July now. He should be okay. I don't love that compared to Ezekiel Elliott. And he's going in the first round with that kind of uncertainty. Now, now, end of the first round, I will, if I'm going eight, nine, and he's there, and as my running back one, I'll do it there if the rest of them are gone. Yeah, I mean, his big year, 2018, when he was a big fantasy football player, he had 91 receptions with all these receiving weapons that we've mentioned that they've added and tight ends. Uh, Yeah, I guess he'll still be incorporated in the passing game quite a bit. And I mean, Danny Dimes wasn't even there back then. So how do we know that that's going to come back? I, I think the risk is way too high for where he's going in drafts. Absolutely too high. I'll let somebody else take him. Scott, what do you think on the Barkley? Yeah, I still think he's got the ability that if he is healthy, it would be hard to pass up on him if you're in that sixth or seventh spot drafting. Just because looking at some of the other guys, I mean, like I said, I think I have Zeke higher than him. Maybe Chubb as well. But then you're starting to get down. And then Aaron Jones, Jonathan Taylor, meh. And then after that, no, then you got Eckler, Akers, Mix, and those guys. So he's still a tier one running back, in my opinion, and it would be hard to pass him up because then 
if you don't get somebody you like on the way back, then you're really stuck with just a couple of mediocre running backs. And if he does end up being healthy and good, you're going to be screwed. Uh, Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton are the wide receiving core in New York. Uh, Galladay is by far the highest ADP wide receiver 20. Shepard's 57, Slayton's 80. Uh, I feel like Galladay's replacing Darius Slayton in this, so I've got zero interest in him or really Shepard, but Kenny they also Galladay. have John Ross, and they drafted Kadarius Tony in the first round. Oh, okay. I forgot about Kadarius yeah. Tony, the first rounder. Ugh. Even adding that, I will say that Kenny Galladay is, in my opinion, the only receiver to own here. He has he has superstar talent, in my opinion, and given his team, he his draft stock is plummeted and you can get Kenny Galladay in the fourth or later it seems like in most mocks right now and I think the upside of Kenny Galladay there with maybe things working out nicely here in New York is is worth the risk there I'm I'm certainly on board with Kenny Galladay in the fourth he bet Daniel Jones better figure out his shit like I that he is what's uh, bothering me about Kenny Galladay um I know he had the hip injury that cost him basically his entire year, not the whole year, but basically his entire year last year. I'm sure he's past that, but Daniel Jones, all these other guys, Barkley back. Is he going to get the volume? He's not really a volume guy. Historically, he's in that 60 to 70 reception area, kind of like AJ Brown, where he, he's just been hyper efficient. He, he scares me here. I, I love the name. I loved him on the Lions. I just worry about the transition over to the Giants. Go ahead, Scott. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Like we said, Daniel Jones is nothing to write home about. The good thing is, is to reiterate him, what Matt said, is you're getting him as a wide receiver too. You're no longer banking on him like we thought last year. He's going to be a wide receiver one with you know 12 to 13 touchdowns because Stafford loves chucking him the ball. This year, he's not... He's not being drafted that way. He's going to be a you know wide receiver two, maybe a late end wide receiver two. So the the risk is definitely dropped big time with him. And like you said, Shepard Slayton, one of those guys might be a pick pick and plug for one week, but I'm I'm not drafting those guys. Evan Ingram, ADP is tight end 15, played all 16 games last year for the first time in four years. He had over 100 targets and was the highest targeted giant, but that's most that's likely to go down because of Galladay and Barkley back. Do you guys have any interest in Evan Ingram? Nope. Too many chances yeah. and he didn't do nothing with it. I know they've added other pieces here. Kyle Rudolph's been added. Um and Evan Ingram has been eternally disappointing. So, nope. Let's talk Dallas Cowboys. Six and ten last year, and they missed the playoffs. I feel like you almost said Dallas Goddard, and you just went Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> Let's talk Dallas Cowboys. That's even better. Uh, Dak Prescott, ADP is quarterback five. He blew out his ankle last year in week five, but before that, boy, howdy. I get that Cowboys and I said howdy. Uh no one gives me praise for anything on the show. He was unbelievable on pace. Sorry, for I, I was pulling a uh goose feather out of my shorts. It was poking me from the damn pillows on the couch. 
Well, now uh, that Scott interrupted you, I was on mute and I, I'm I'm interjected that you've said boy howdy at least twice this episode now. This Maybe this episode. Times. This episode. It's been at least twice for boy howdy. That's my new thing. Let's make some shirts. <laughs> <laughs> uh so last year, boy howdy, Dak Prescott had it started off week one, 266 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, that's okay. Then he hit 450 passing yards and four total touchdowns. Three of them were on the ground. And then he hit 472 passing yards and three touchdowns. And then the next week, he had 502 passing yards and four touchdowns. And then he blew out his ankle. He was unbelievable until he wasn't. So where are you? And I, he says he's past the ankle, and I believe him. I'm all aboard Dak Prescott this year. I have him as my quarterback five, but only because there are four other really, really elite quarterbacks as well. So not nothing against him for why he's five for me. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah I definitely on. like him. Sorry, you go ahead. <laughs> I think we both just at the same time said, uh, yeah, we like this guy. Um, I don't know what round you said he's going in, but he's certainly Four valued five. at a steal. Uh, yeah, he, he has the potential to throw over 6,000 passing yards. He's got weapons, uh, not only in the passing game, but in the running game, the good O-line, everything to make this offense productive and I don't know where their defense sits this year, but not the best defense. So you got to think that they're going to be slinging at times too, right? To keep keep ahead of the game. They've invested uh, a lot in their defense. They've invested a lot. So okay, well, they just destroy. Well, okay, I hate Dak da- well, Prescott. No, investing <laughs> means nothing. Okay, <laughs> so. I'm just joking. Um, and obviously that doesn't always translate to more points or less points or anything. But the offense alone, I liked what I saw out of Dak Prescott before the catastrophic catastrophic injury. I think the deal that they gave him means that he was progressing well. They saw how he's doing and it's it's going to be okay type thing. He's fine and he's coming at more of a value than he should be because of that injury. So a lot of the stats that I'm going to dish out on the weapons on Dallas um, are based off of when Dak was there and when Dak was gone. Ezekiel Elliott, ADP is running back 8 he had a down year last year, and he finishes as a running back nine. That was in PPR scoring, but still, he's heavily involved in the passing, whether Dak is there or whether he's not, more so when Dak is there. Six touchdowns in five weeks while Dak Prescott was there last year, only had two the rest of the year when Dak was gone. So Ezekiel Elliott, for me, he is still elite. I don't think the wheels have fallen off. I don't think the decline was his fault. I think it was Prescott throwing off this entire offense. But what do you guys think of Ezekiel Elliott? I don't think he's ranked as high as he should be. I think we, I know I have him as RB5 right now behind the the four tanks that we always talk about. And it's because, like you said, if he'd got a few more touchdowns in the back half of that season, we wouldn't even be talking about this because I had him in every league last year. And it did seem disappointing, but that's because we've become so accustomed to him getting 12, 13, 14 touchdowns combined through the air and running every year. And last year just didn't happen. And that O-line kind of crumbled in front of him. And he just, they were stacking the box. They just couldn't get anything going. And he's like you said, he still finished top 10. I'll say that 
I think it's absurd that Barkley is getting drafted before him with what Elliott's been able to do in the past, the, the touchdowns and yards he's got, the, the, the offense that he's on. <laughs> like everything is better than what Barkley did besides Barkley's 91 receptions in his rookie year. Zeke has trumped him in all of it. And why are people drafting Zeke later? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I'll take Zeke at the end of the first round. Absolutely Completely agree. Completely agree. I'll t- I, if I get him at the end, that'd be awesome. Uh, yeah. I completely agree with all that. Let's talk wide receiving core uh, in Dallas. You got Amari Cooper, ADP is wide receiver 15, CD Lamb, wide receiver 18, and Michael Gallup way down there at ADP, wide receiver 51. So who do you like at their current spot? Who are you eyeballing in your league if you have to take a Cowboy wide receiver and why? I think I'm still going to Mari Cooper. I don't like what Gallup did last year. He was kind of disappointing. And I know C.D. Lamb's up and rising, but I still don't quite have the confidence yet to draft him because he's going as the same as, or I've even seen him ranked higher than Amari Cooper in one of the two of the rankings, I think. But no thanks. I know Amari Cooper has been a little streaky, but he's, he's done it year after year. And Prescott's clearly got a little more rapport with him. So I, I, I don't see the problem with drafting CD Lamb, but he's going a little too early for me. I'll, I'll take Amari Cooper there. So Matt, before you dig in, let me toss out some, some, a little game for you guys real quick. Ooh. The f- five games uh, that Dak Prescott last year started, including the one that he blew out his ankle in the third quarter, who out of those three guys had the most targets? With Dak there, I already know from last episode that you're all about CDs stats with Dak, so I know <laughs> this is CD. The answer is Cooper. Oh, Cooper with Dak Prescott in those five games. Amari Cooper had 55 targets. Lamb had 40. Who had but those were also Lamb's like first four games course, in the four, NFL? Oh, of course, and I like I like CD Lamb because that's like eight a game. That's 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 if you say eight targets a game, yeah, with that talent. I'm just saying when we're doing some comparisons, okay, the game kind of falls apart after the targets. So I don't know why I did that one first. But Cooper had 39 <laughs> receptions, Lamb had 29. Cooper had nine less passing yards, and Lamb had two touchdowns to Cooper's one. So similar, but. I mean, Cooper was getting hyper-targeted. Hyper-targeted. That's like averaging 11 targets a game. (laughs) So I'm on the Cooper side, I think. Yeah, I mean, Cooper has finished over 1,100 yards each year in Dallas. He's finished over uh, around 125 average targets each season. The the guy's getting utilized there, uh, whether it's Dak or not there. But CD has that that star appeal, and uh, he could get up there. What he does with the ball is more exciting than what I see Amari Cooper do with the ball. And all I think about with Amari Cooper is, A, boom bust. His season-long stats look great, but he's going to have some dud weeks for you, so watch out. And also, dude was a drop magnet back in the Oakland days. and Drop magnet, I like it. Yeah, you like that? And it's a it's a little bit counterintuitive, but <laughs> um, 
but I know he kind of put that behind him, but at the same time, I'm still burnt out on it. I don't know if I'm targeting either of these guys unless they slide in their ADP a bit to where I think they're just a great value for me. And then, yeah, I'll hop on board. Blake Jarwin and Dalton Schultz. Do you guys have any interest now that they're like Blake Jarwin blew out his ACL week one. Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz. <laughs> Dalton Schultz. <laughs> Dalton Schultz did really well. So now they're both going to be involved. Uh, all those wide receivers, Zeke Elliott. I've got no interest. Do you? Blake Jarwin is interesting to me. Uh, I, I'd, I'd maybe take him later, just watch him early in the season. If if you lose out on the top tight ends or you just want to wait, keep an eye on what he does the first couple of weeks because you might want to snag him off the waiver wire or free agency and let him ride your bench because uh, he could be a weekly starter if he comes back into what he was expected last year. Dude got paid before last year, right before his injury? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I don't remember the contract, but it's a, it's a, it's a bunch of money. Let's talk Philadelphia Eagles. They went 4-11-1 and missed the playoffs. Uh, Jalen Hurts is now the quarterback there. Now that Carson Wentz hit the road for Indianapolis. He is the ADP quarterback 10. I am looking at Jalen Hurts in a very positive way. And a certain person on this podcast did a fantasy sips just pooping all over his chest. So, <laughs> Scott, why don't you start us off and tell us about why you don't like Jalen Hurts? Well, before you just say that he doesn't like him, some people really enjoy people pooping on their chest. Andy. <laughs> some so. people, the majority of our listeners do. So remember that, yeah. Scott. <laughs> what's your, what's your beef just, with Jalen Hurts? I just am not going to take him above some of the guys that he's ranked above when he hasn't done anything yet. I mean, that team, I guess technically they were playing for something because that league was so shitty at the end of the season. They still technically had a chance, but not really. And some, some of those rankings have him as high as seven, which, like I said in the SIP, puts him ahead of people like Tom Brady, Justin Herbert, Aaron Rodgers, Stafford, all those guys that, I get the upside that he runs, and that's great. But I think, if I remember correctly on my sip, he had like six fumbles in the four and a half games he played at the end. He was nervous. Shut up, okay? You'd fumble too if you were out there as a rookie. I'm not saying that I wouldn't. That's why I'm just saying, how is he getting put up so high on these rankings when he hasn't really done much yet? I mean, I'm not saying that he's not going to be a weekly starter or he's not draftable. But I think he's more in like the ten spot on the rankings, maybe eleven. He well, he's ADP quarterback ten as of right now. That's not what I see. Well, what are you seeing? Let's break this well, up now. It's fine. I'm seeing ten. <laughs> okay, so he only he was the guy only for three total games last year. Two of them he hit over three hundred yards. The other one he rushed for over a hundred yards, and really. We're in a world where if you can rush, you all of a sudden just get ascended into the top 10 of quarterbacks. I think that's, that's what it is because he runs. And like I said, I'm not saying it's not going to be the case, but I'm not jumping on the wagon quite yet with him. Matt, where are you? I like his upside and the fact that he could have that sophomore breakout. I understand why he's ranked there. I'd love to commit more of a value. I think I'll be targeting more of a Joe Burrow for his upside later in the draft. Uh, Ryan Tannehill's after him, which I know 
everybody's tired of hearing us talk about him, but he's safe and he has great stats. And I think he's a, a much more consistent week to week point scorer for you. And then even lower than that is Matt Stafford in the, in LA and I like that a lot. So it's going to be hard for me to pull the trigger on Jalen hurts. If he's ranked before all three of these other guys that I think have, have different storylines attached to them, but also upside. So he touched on other quarterbacks there. Scott, I want your opinion on that too. Jalen Hurts versus, and then Matt just listed Joe Burrow, uh, Ryan Tanhill, and Matt Stafford. And I was we're just, all ranked below him right, at the moment. The right. Uh, the wheels were turning in my head of what would I do if I were on the clock? And that was really tough all of a sudden. Um, I think, I think I would take, I would be really struggling with Jalen Hurts versus Ryan Tanhill out of that group. I really would out of those four. I think uh, I would absolutely take Joe Burrow um, for the upside over him. Tannehill, because we're talking fairly late in the draft. And if I'm taking, I don't know, it's it's not even fairly late. It's middle of draft, like eight, nine. I know I did a fantasy sip on take Tannehill. You won't be upset. But I almost want the upside of Burrow more. And I I, I don't think I'm taking Hurts over either of these guys. It seems like a tier that you should wait to the end of that tier and then take the last guy. Go ahead, Scott. Sorry. I want your take on this. No, I I see the upside in Jalen above like a Tannehill just because like we've talked about, Tannehill is safe, but they don't throw it as much. And the running of Jalen Hurts could, you know, overtake that aspect of it. I'll tell you though the the Matthew Stafford being down that low, I still see him finishing as a top ten quarterback, and I would be hard pressed taking Jalen Hurts over Matthew Stafford now that he's got all the weapons around him in a highly passing offense where they are probably going to score a lot of points. I don't know, man. That's one of those draft day decisions. I still feel like I lean toward Stafford on that one. Burrow, oh. that one is just another rookie who was doing something that then got hurt so him and jalen hurts to me that's just kind of a coin flip i'd say rams traditionally have passed less than detroit right well detroit's generally down 14 nothing in the first quarter irrelevant danny <laughs> okay <laughs> answer the question <laughs> more touchdown passing uh opportunities in la okay I okay i agree with that <laughs> they're gonna see the red zone more often <laughs> didn't you didn't expect that answer did you nope no you didn't so let's talk miles sanders he's a tough one so i've been down on miles sanders this year i think a lot of the industry has ADP running back 19, but when you dig a little deeper, he had over a thousand total yards last year. He averaged five yards per carry because he only played in 13 games with a little bit of an injury. And I think the big knock on him is that carry on Johnson is now in the building and Boston Scott's not going anywhere. And they just drafted Kenneth Gainwell. Is that the big negative is that it's all of a sudden a crowded wide receiver room because i think that's fair i just want to know if that am i missing anything on why miles sanders isn't going higher i think the concern is the first his rookie year is like maybe this guy is just gonna break out into anything and he he got some carries he got some starts he got some usage and it didn't amount to a lot what what was nice about that first 2019 year was he hit 50 receptions which is a tier we look for for RB1s. 
he had 800 rushing yards, which can translate to a thousand easily in the next year. But the next year, he didn't do much. He went down in his targets and his receptions in the passing game. His uh, his yardage barely went up to like 850 rushing. He hasn't been a thousand yard rusher, and it's it's hard to draft him at his ADP if he hasn't been a thousand yard rusher. He is still averaging pretty good efficiency on that yards per carry, and I know there's a lot of scrutiny on using yards per carry as a metric, but I like to fall back to it. I feel like it does translate pretty well a lot in fantasy football. He scared me, and he doesn't find the end zone a lot. He had six TDs his first year between rushings and receiving. He had six TDs last year, only rushing, none in the air. That's that's not going to get you fantasy championships right there, boys. I'm not willing to give up on Miles Sanders. I think he had a not only the injury last year, but they also had an offensive line that was just completely decimated by injuries. They gave up a league-leading 65 sacks. I think that was 15 more than the second team that had, I think, 50 was number two. So, And this is one of my knocks on Jalen Hurts, though, is if that line doesn't stay healthy, he's not going to have a great year, which I think could mean the same thing with Miles Sanders. But if that offensive line is healthy, from what I've read, it's going to still be a top-10 offensive line with the experience they've got. So you put that back in front of them, I think he's definitely got value where he's going. I mean, he's RB20 is where I see him at. That's, you know, I mean, you're, you're looking at an RB3 on your team. And if that line stays healthy and he does really well, I think he could actually end up being a very good pick where he's going. You want to make an over-under bet on 1,000 yards rushing in 2021? Under. Sure. Oh, over. baby. I got under. the under. I got under. Oh, Danny, went in on this? Oh, no, I want, no, 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 no. This is between you two. <laughs> I'll go over. over. Okay, I'll take under. It's Scott's been decided. Got the it's been decided. Matt, pop that on in there. While uh, I transition into the receivers, uh, Devonte Smith, ADP's wide receiver forty, which seems ridiculous to me. You also got Jalen Rager, and we'll talk tight end. We'll include we'll include him into this too. Dallas Goddard is the tight end eight ADP. So, what are your emotions on those uh, those three guys? Anyone stick out like Devontae Smith does for me? I really like Dallas Goddard. You put him in the mix, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. I think Ertz is, is Gonski. I don't think they want to use him there, even if he's on the roster. I don't Go think kick he's going to utilize much. Kick, kick I think rocks Dallas Goddard's going to fall into a nice tight end one role in a pass first offense. And I really like him at his ADP. Devontae Smith, did you guys. Like, have you guys seen his senior year stats? I know this is Alabama. This is totally different. 13 games played, 1,856 yards, and 23 touchdowns. You think he does it again? (laughs) (laughs) That won him a Heisman. Uh, That's that's unbelievable. But granted, corners in the NFL will, will be on him. But I still like him. Wide receiver 40? I was going to say, you're getting him at great value because he's going to be your wide receiver four on your team as a number one on a team. So that there's no risk there. I mean, if he doesn't do well, you drop him after a few weeks. And if he does do really well, you just got to steal in the like ninth or tenth round. Well, Jalen Rager was a first draft pick last year. Are we just assuming because their roles are so different. I think 
they have, I'm seeing Devonta Smith as a slot receiver and Jalen Rager as a, a wide, but I don't know if that's how it'll actually flush out. But I still, I don't think everything's going to go to Devonta Smith as a rookie. Yeah, well, it'll be fine. No, but as wide receiver 40 ADP, I think that's just too low. That's all I got. You guys got any other thoughts on the AFC East or the NFC East? Let's just hope it's the better division this year. I think the NFC East is going to be much better than last I year. I do too. I, I think the NFC East is going to be fun this year, <laughs> given any crazy injuries. Um, it should be a fun one to watch. I hope the Bills dominate the AFC East, but I'll be looking at the Miami Dolphins to uh, make a run. I I hope the Patriots don't do great, personally. And, I don't know, Jets surprised us with, a, with what, five wins I asked for earlier? Given to us. You said four or five, so if you get four, I think you qualify as a win. Um, no, then we added one. But I will not root for the Miami Dolphins until they change their helmets back to the old ones. With the the dolphin with the jumping dolphin with a, the Miami helmet on. Yeah. The helmet that, with the helmet. That sh- they should go back to that. You're not wrong there, Danny. I will not root for them until they can bring <laughs> it back. <laughs> In Washington football team, you can read my uh, bold predictions. I've got real high hopes for them. And the bold predictions are bold, but I still do think Washington should win this division, even though I think Dallas is going to be great. I think Philadelphia is going to be improved. And I think the Giants are going to be crappy, but Giants back to the bottom feeders. I, I just, it just feels that way. I it? feel the same way. Yep. Do you guys ever step back at times and think about the fact that their name is literally the Washington football team? That's- and you just go, what are we doing here? And there was like a hint of, Maybe we'll keep it. And everyone's like, stop it. Stop it. Uh, anyway, thanks everyone for sticking around. Remember, go to Chumps to Chumps. Chumps to Chumps. Oh, about that food. We haven't ended this one, bud. Oh, man. The Chompies. Let's talk more about Chompies. Let's change our name to Chompies Podcast. Go to Chumps to Champs Podcast.com. We're going to be launching a draft kit coming up. You'll see our rankings there so you can get prepped for your drafts coming up in August. Send in any user, uh, user, any listener questions to chumps the champs podcast at gmail.com. Um, next week, we're going to be doing, of course, we're in two shows a week. So we'll be doing a AFC and NFC North coverage as well as a mock draft because we love mock drafts. I don't know if I'll be present because I'll be in Florida just living my best life, but I don't know if I could miss a mock. So you may or may not hear from me next week, but don't panic. Uh, These boys can handle it, especially if Matt's nose and sinuses clear out. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Hopefully uh, things are running more free and clear next week. Again, Thanks for listening. We appreciate everyone. Matt, close us out. Uh, Remember, everybody, have fun with it. See ya. See ya.